Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. Joined on the star line by a traveling sales manager, Blake Shelton's old bandmate is back in season 20 of NBC's The Voice. We welcome Pete Rose. Hello. Hello, Sean. How you doing, buddy? Absolutely great. Let's go beyond the mic. Pete, you're in a band with Blake Shelton, then left to find steady work. We understand that. What made those early days in Nashville so special? What makes the early days so special in Nashville is that, you know, I was one, a, a teenager coming into my becoming a man, you know, so an adult, you know, everything I saw, you know, I moved to Nashville by myself when I was 19, you know, so everything was just, just new experience. And, you know, I, I was writing every day, writing with multiple people. And a lot of those people went on to become great songwriters, just like Blake Shelton. Now, everybody has a moment that changes their life, changes who they are in yeah. their heart and in their mind. How did your father's heart attack change your perspective on life? Uh, this could this could be a, uh, a long answer, but I'll make it as short as possible. You know, when you go through something, a crossroads in life, and everyone goes through them in their own ways, and they have their own crossroads, and you know, my father was my best friend. You know, he was my connection to this universe. You know, he was uh, more than just my dad. He was my buddy. Um, and when he passed away, you know, you're kind of left holding nothingness in a kind of weird way. You know, you feel this bleakness and this open, empty feeling. And at that moment, I really took that saying, like in Shawshank Redemption, get busy living or get busy dying. You know, and, and my life changed completely. I, I can tell you every single step I took from the moment I heard the news. You know, it was, uh, and, I, and what I really believe is, is that in my father's passing, he didn't really pass. He just changed into a, a new form of energy that pushed me and propelled me into purpose. He nudged you. He did. He totally did. And every day he does. I mean, I see doors that open up every day and I go, what was that? You know, I mean, let's take the voice, for example. So let's talk about the voice. Why did you audition in the first place? I auditioned uh, nine years ago originally, and it was actually shortly after my father passed away. I auditioned the first time and I made it through a little bit of the casting, but it didn't make it to the, the show itself. And then I waited for a while and then I had... I got married and had my, our son Cooper and you know, that changed my purpose in life completely changed again. And that's when it became when it wasn't about me, you know, it was about my family and it was so refreshing that it wasn't about me anymore. And, and the voice to me was a way to show my son, even at my age, cause when he grows up, I will be an older father. I'll be an older parent to him, you know? So I want him to know to chase your dreams and to, you can do it. You can do it responsibly. You know, you can chase your dreams. You don't have to throw caution to the wind and leave your life a shambles and leave a path of destruction behind you just to be successful and chase your dream. That's why I'm doing it now is to show my sons, you know, Cooper and Max, you know, that they can chase their dreams and they can. I love music. It's never left me. It never will leave me. It's a part of who I am. Now I'm getting a chance to do this on a, on a big platform like the, the Voice. Pete Morose joins us beyond the mic from season 20 of NBC's The Voice. What was the best lesson that you got from your dad that you passed on to your sons, Cooper and Max? Never, ever give up. Never, never. 
two, uh, two things, never give up and work. If you work, never give up. I'd say to anyone out there that that is like key respect people, you know, work hard, show up on time. Uh, you know, these are things that have fallen kind of by the wayside a bit in today's society. And there's simple truths, just respect people, work hard, show up on time, do your job, you know, be passionate about what you do. Where were you when you first got the call and what was going through your mind? <laughs> I was in a van similar to this. This is my sales van. So I was, I was in the van and I actually thought it was one of my accounts calling me and I had to do a double take a couple times. The, the guy said, Hey, this is Michael from the voice. And I thought he said, Hey, this is Michael from blah, 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 blah. So I said, Hey, what can I do for you, Michael? You know, thinking he needed something. You know? <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 I'm with the voice. And I was like, oh, okay, what can I get for you? I still didn't get it. <laughs> you know? And then finally I got it. I was like, Whoa, Hey, all right. Hey man, what's up? <laughs> So when you told your wife and your kids, Hey guys, dad did it. Well, what I did is I stepped, I was, the van was in my driveway and I stepped out of the van and went inside and I said, babe, you're not going to believe this. And she's like, what? I said, I just got a call from the voice. She's like, nah, I said, I swear to God I did. You know? And she's like, are you kidding? I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. Like I'm going to California. It was a trip. At the blind auditions, you're pointing at Blake. You know, before Blake's chair turn, you're like, come on, you know, this voice, it's been 25 years, but you know me turn. Yeah. And then when he turns, you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was really, really focused, Sean, through this on the audition. Like, I mean, I, in a hyper focus, weird kind of way. And yes, I mean, it was like ninja stuff, you know, like I, I couldn't believe how focused I was. And when John turned his chair, I didn't even realize it was John Legend. I didn't, I knew a chair had turned, but I just didn't, I just was just singing. And then when Blake turned, I know subconsciously where he sits. I knew it was him and it broke my concentration. It totally broke my, con I even like sang like, like instead of what I say, uh, uh, but I can't find my way home or something. Like I said, Quinn, I said, Quinn, I like threw the word or something. Like I totally was like thrown off. I was working with Blake after all those years. And then working with Dan and Che changed your perspective on the yeah. songs you were preparing for the battle rounds and the knockouts. That's it's good. You know, I, I I've sang for a long time. So, uh, the song I have for the battle rounds, you know, I've known it for a long time and then seeing Dan and Shay were, and then Blake, the advice they gave me was like, Hey, look, you've played a lot of stages, you know, you've played all over the place, but this stage is different than any stage that you'll ever play on. It's not, it's just a very quiet, there's not a crowd. It's just different. You know, you don't see the cameras and all that. So that's not about cameras or anything like that, but it's just the camera does though, take energy out of you that you don't realize that it's, it's doing. So they gave that advice. Like, look, man, like, Hey, you can sing buddy, but you gotta get, you gotta bring it. You know, you gotta bring it more than you think think you're bringing it how did you spend the last year in quarantine and how did that time away from fans change the way you appreciate them oh man my time away let me just say the pandemic and that time in quarantine was a blessing for us uh, my family really it was oh my god man i got to reconnect with my family and what, i hadn't spent that much time with them you know in years because i work you know i'm i'm a traveling salesman you know where i'm traveling and i come home and you know, I got the chance to 
you know, build things around the house, watch my son go down water slides and lose kind of track of time, which makes no sense to me. You know, I'm a very time oriented person. And it was, I mean, I know it was very hard on a lot of people and I'm very respectful to the fact that that it was, but for me and my wife and I, we've talked to us where it was a, it really was a blessing. It, we, it brought us all together even closer. And then as far as music goes, this is why I auditioned again for the voice was because I was in a downtime of where I wasn't working. My mind could think about music again in a very deep way, not just part-time. I didn't have just like one little foot on the path of music. I was like completely present. You embraced everything. Yeah. How has being a songwriter allowed you to channel your love, heartache, and life? Mm. Mm. Being a songwriter and learning how to sing has probably been the greatest thing I've ever really achieved because I mean that in the sense that it's hard to stick with something and I'm so glad I stuck with songwriting because it's carried me through the darkest times of my life, the happiest times of my life, the in-between. It truly has been my healing mechanism, my joyful mechanism, you know, my uh, rejoicing. It, uh, music is... It, music is a, is something that's in every single human being in the planet, in in the depths of some forest that we've never met. Some they ha, we have what in common? We have music, a God, and love. You know, music is amazing. It's healing. It's it's it, it is. It's spiritual and it's everything that ever. It's why it's it's music, man. So with the passion you've had for music, who are the musicians you have admired growing up? I. Absolutely. The guys, the people I, I dig into are Robert Johnson, Muddy Waters, Eric Clapton, the Beatles, U2, singer-songwriters like the Indigo Girls. I love the Mary Chapin Carpenter, Sean Colvin, David Wilcox, you know, like people that are just phenomenal storytellers. You know, there's a guy that a lot of people haven't heard of, but he's amazing. His name's Gordon Vincent. Like these people that are just, just rich storytellers that can just reach in and grab you in a story. And you don't even know what they're talking about sometimes. Like, you know what, Sean, listen to visions of Johanna from Bob Dylan. Tell me what that song is about. You don't know, but that's all right. You don't need to know because you do know, right? You might not be able to explain it to me, but you get it until the end. Right? And then you go, Oh my goodness. Feel it in your heart. Yes. Yeah, man. Pete Murrows from NBC's The Voice joins us beyond the mic. And it's time for the Rocky Nate. Eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. No pressure. What's your guilty pleasure? <laughs> golf. Playing golf. What's your handicap? Five. A five handicap. Very nice. Which of your sons will follow your path? Maxwell. Favorite road trip snack? Mm, that's a good one. Favorite road trip? Doritos. Best place for dinner in Phoenix? Ooh, that's a tricky one. Durant's. Where do you go to think? This is going to sound weird, but inside myself. First guitar and do you still have it? First guitar was a Takamini acoustic guitar like Garth Brooks had. And no, I do not have it anymore. I wish I did, though. What is the best blues album of all time? Hands down. Greatest album ever. Uh, from the Cradle, from Eric Clapton. You get points from for Eric Clapton. Hands down, quintessential. 
BB King, BB King live at the Regal. Robert Johnson of Complete Recordings. Beatles, Abbey Road. I mean, dude, how do we pick that one, man? Come on. Favorite pair of shoes? Ooh, Foot Joy. It's time for the back half with Pete Morose beyond the mic. So I'm supposed to ask you about not wearing your N95 <laughs> masks. <laughs> All right, so they give out these white masks, you know. And who's kidding who? We don't really love the masks, but we wear them because, you know, we, we're trying to do our part, right? So they give those white ones out. So I went and ordered a bunch of black ones that just look super rad. And it was really funny to watch all the production assistants and the people that have to like, you know, make sure you're wearing your mask, you know? So I came down with my black mask on and every one of them like, Hey, you need to have your, I'm like, mm-hmm. I got one on right here. It's, it's legit. And I'm not, I'm Sean, everybody with the driver, the makeup, the hair, wardrobe, everyone was just like, you need to have your, Oh, you got one. Uh, they're like, where'd you get that mask? <laughs> yeah how about skipping rocks and signing a rock don't be a dumbass <laughs> oh wait hang on one second hang on one second bear with me i got that rock i have to see the rock you're gonna oh see the gosh. rock buddy i carry it with me and i'm gonna tell you the story so i was walking i get up and walk every morning it's what i do uh, i get up super early four o'clock in the morning and i walk it's, it's, it's just my thing. Well, as I was at the end of my walk, Cam Anthony, Dana Monique, and Christine Kane were sitting across the street. And it was five lanes. It was a, a big street. You know, it wasn't like this little bitty two-laner. And I thought I would be funny. i pick up a rock and skip it across the road and, like, just be like, hey, guys, what's up? You know, just kind of ha, 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 you know. Well, so I pick a rock up. And I skip it. Well, maybe I had a little too much coffee that morning. I don't know. All I know is it was going pretty fast and skipping across the road. And I was thinking, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's going right towards Cam. And it bounces up, goes through this fence, and hits him in the back. Yes. Yes. This rock right here. This rock right here. Right there. See that rock? So, I run across the street. I'm apologizing to him going, oh, my God, dude. I cannot believe that I did that. So I kept the rock. I went back to my room because I'm 45 years old, and it just goes to show you can make stupid decisions even at 45 years old. So I wrote on one side of it. Let's see if you can see that. Don't be a dumb ass. And I keep this rock with me just so if I go to make some bad decision again, I look at it and go, okay, don't be a dumbass. Being the elder statesman, you have 17-year-olds <laughs> looking at you saying, hey, Grams, how do you keep the focus on your goals, but maybe help kids that maybe are lost? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really good question. One thing I will tell you is what's helped me during this period with the younger people and uh, people from different places around the world. I, I, you know, I manage a lot of accounts, so I manage a lot of different kind of people, and I'm having conversations every day about so many different topics. And some pe everyone gets stuck in their own way, in their own place. And I love. I come from a line of fixers, you know, like people that that's what I do. You know, I, I, I help fix things, whether it be a sales problem or or just a personal problem or or fixing something around the house, you know, 
I, I, I work on logic and I, I like kind of going, well, this is happening because of this. And da, 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 da. so the, the folks out there, it was interesting because I do have a, a lot of years on a lot. I'm on the majority of them. So some of them would come up to me and say, Pete, you don't seem nervous. And I said, I'm not, I'm not nervous. And they're like, why? I'm like, well, first of all, why would I be? You know, for, you have to say why. You can say, oh, it's a TV show. It's this, it's that. Yeah, but you know what? We're just people. You know, John Legend, Kelly Clarkson, Nick Jonas, and Blake, they're, they're people just like us. You know, I deal with them every day. So I would tell them, feel your feet on the ground. Wiggle your toes. Wiggle your toes when you're up there. Just think about something that's positive. For me, I think about my family. Truth be told, the whole time I was there, you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about going home. That was my vehicle. My vehicle was how ironic, can't find my way home. It was my blind song, but my vehicle has been how long do I have before I get to see my family? Not, oh my God, are they going to save me? Are they, is, uh, is this going to happen or is that going to happen? I'm not really kind of caught in that, uh, that mind, that mind spin of that. And it, and that's only because I'm, I have some experience, you know, I mean, it's, you know, at 19 years old, I would have been a wreck. <laughs> I would have been a mess. Who else has become a good friend from the show and how have you changed because of the influence of these younger stars? Um, I've, I became good friends with Connor Christian on the show. Uh, Connor's younger and I, he became like my little brother, you know, we both play, play guitar and we love blues and, you know, we had a lot to talk about there and, since singing wise, like it turned into where I kind of helped him with his stuff. You know, he'd say, he'd sing it to me and say, Hey, what do you think about this? I'm like, Hey, you know, you know, you're going high when you need to go low and go high here and like do singing like this. What do you think about that? You know? So we created a musical bond and a brotherhood. Another person was Tyler Coors that was on the show. Unfortunately, he didn't get a chair turn, but man, what a mark he left. He didn't need a chair turn, man. He just made a mark on everyone with his, kindness and his sweetness of his spirit dana monique dana and i were the older ones i i loved cutting up with dana we would have a glass of wine together at you know eight o'clock and the two of us would be talking and cutting up with each other and little and little by little boom 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 here come the youngsters they started like <laughs> we're like what what's going on it's like the kids are coming into the living room and they've got those group texts and chats and uh, oh yeah no i'm out i'm out i'm out on the group text like count me out man <laughs> count me out how has your wife and sons as well as friends and community helped you continue to follow your dreams children don't know children don't know that what my passions are how important it is or what this means or that means they just know they love you and they need your attention and that you're the person that's growing them and leading them. And that's what they want from you. They want love. And, you know, and that's such a raw thing that when you get inside of yourself and start thinking things and my son looks at me and says, daddy, let's wrestle. Daddy, I want to wrestle. Can we just go wrestle? He doesn't care about the voice or, my business, my accounts, my this, that he doesn't care, man. You know, he, he's just a kid. He just wants to wrestle. And, and that, that to me takes me away from everything and says, Hey Pete, don't take yourself so seriously. You know, like enjoy this moment. They've, what my family has done is they've, they've taught me 
to live with what's right in front of my face, to be present. I say to my son all the time, be thankful, live in the light. Try not to let that darkness get you, then capture that light. Try to live as much as you can in light and, and giving is good because when you give back, it gives right back to you. That's what my children have done. And my wife, let me say, if there's any winner at all in any of this stuff, the voice, jobs, it's my wife. My wife is like the champion. She is the winner of the voice. She is the winner of my life. She is, I mean, she puts up with everything and does it with grace. I don't know how she does it, but she does, man. I mean, I'm wound up like a little rubber band. You know, she's like, she's like chill and just enjoy yourself, Pete. That's what you say. Enjoy it. I'm like, enjoy it. What are you talking about? I got to. <laughs> it's time for one big question. Pete Rose joins us beyond the mic from season 20 of NBC's The Voice. We're such a 140 character society right now. There's so much depth that we are losing. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. And life is good, bad, sometimes even ugly. Yeah. No matter what happens, what do you see in your future? You know, Sean, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I totally agree. And on my Instagram channel, I have been doing this with contestants from the voice because what you see on TV is a great edited version of them. But I know people really want to hear more about them and we just talk we'll talk for an hour we just talk to each other about you know i got questions for them you know but we'll just talk and talk about life i see in my future now that i've been given for i don't for i don't know how long the period is but i've given a little bit of a platform to maybe encourage people and that is super cool to me talking about giving is good i mean i've been given a little platform to say hey giving's good you know be thankful, love one another, you know, and if it lasts for a long time, awesome. If it lasts for this little window of the voice and it's over, that's all right, man. It's all, it's okay. You know, and it's a gift. That's, that's a gift to me. Is it all about the music? Yes. Because I feel like that's another vehicle to, to get the giving good message out and life in the good, the bad, the ugly. That's a way to get that out there. But this gives me an opportunity to, for however long, he skipped a rock into Cam Anthony's back. His favorite <laughs> album is From the Cradle by Eric Clapton, and he enjoys Doritos on the Road. We thank Pete Morose for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic. <laughs>